It is now the new year. Okay, Jer didn't give me the privilege of doing the Youth Pastor Sunday, which is always the Sunday after uh, Christmas Eve because everyone wants a bit of a break and so often it's the Youth Pastor Sunday, but Jer decided to take that one and so he gave me the first one of the new year and I always find it's super exciting because everyone comes in the new year being like, I'm ready for some change or last year sucked, let's have, let's have a better year this year. Uh, and so usually everyone's in a pretty, pretty decent mood. Uh, and so if you don't know who I am, my name is Riley. I'm the youth pastor here. And so I get the privilege of sharing today and of starting off a new sermon series because um, it's the new year. And so might as well start one off. And so to introduce this sermon series, I got a story for you. Okay. When I was in college, I went to Bible college for four years. Okay. Uh, I had a fantastic time. Okay. But uh, one of my jobs on campus is I worked as a security guard on campus. Okay. Don't picture like the security guard. Vet. Well, actually, I did have a vest. Never mind. Uh, but p- picture someone who just kind of wore flip flops, sweatpants, warm clothes, and kind of walked around. Our job was pretty much like go to these certain rooms, lock some doors, turn off lights, make sure people weren't in there anymore. Uh, and then we would also like we'd sit on the, the school was on a hill, and so we'd sit on the on the hill in the middle of it in this like booth and pretty much just make sure that at a certain time at night only students were coming up onto campus because it was closed and there's a bit of a curfew so we'd take people's names and so people would drive by we'd say hi check them in and that was it okay um so we'd sit there late at night okay it was a shift from 10 p.m to 2 a.m on most days okay pretty brutal sometimes but that's okay but you know late at night you know students you know they they get to eat whatever they want. They usually get hungry late at night. And so usually late at night, students from campus would gather into cars. They would rip down and go into town to grab some McDonald's, to grab some Wendy's, Timmy's, you know, whatever they want because they're hungry. You know, you get hungry at night and you're like, what best to do at 11, 12 o'clock at night besides go get some food? Okay, and so friends would pile into the car and they would drive down uh, into town. Okay, and so what happened though is, I don't know how, but somehow through my charm, Okay, people would stop at the booth where I was in, and they'd be like, hey, we're going into town. We're going to grab, we're going to McDonald's. Would you like any food? And I was like, like for free? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, absolutely on us. And I was like, well, I'm not going to say no. And so I would say yes. And so they would go into town. They'd hit up their McDonald's. They would eat, they'd whatever. They'd come back. They'd stop at the booth. They'd hand me some food and be like, there you go. Like, thanks for being great. And they would continue on. Okay, and sometimes they wouldn't even ask me. They'd just show up and be like, hey, I got some burgers for you. I was like, Okay, thanks. Okay, and so I took actually videos of it all three years that I was the security guard at school. Um, I had to filter most of them because a lot of them were screaming, me screaming. But this is one of the videos of just like a snippet of what it was like. This was College Riley. Okay, okay, okay. It only gets better from here. All right, so we got Bracky, but then my president, Spencer Reed, brings me a Steve T double double. So I got Bracky and Steve T. Best combo ever. They were probably, they're <laughs> clapping. They're probably like not even kidding. There's probably like 200 videos of that. Um, and they just get higher and higher pitch screaming every single time because I was so excited. Okay, so pretty much I got a ton of free food. Like I'm talking like a ton. Like calculating my mind, probably thousands and thousands of dollars of free food from students because I just sat there and they wanted to bring me some. Okay, some days I'd literally have to say no because I was so full already. Like, that's how crazy it was. One day, I, someone dropped off six, uh, or three McDoubles and three Junior Chickens to me, and then also brought me a, bli- uh, uh, not a Blizzard, but a McFlurry, fries, okay, tons of food. People would order me pizzas. They didn't even go to school, and they'd order me pizzas to the school just to take part in this and to feed me food. It was awesome. 
I don't know what I did, but I can tell you right now, the Lord had anointed me in that moment, and I was blessed. Okay, let me tell you one thing that happens when you go to school. Okay, there's something called the freshman 15. Okay, does any of you guys know what that means, the freshman 15? Pretty much what it means is when you go off to college, you leave mom and dad's nice cooking, the broccoli, the cauliflower, you know, you're not limited to their pantry anymore, and so you just get to eat whatever you want. So you're going to late night McDonald's, you're eating Mr. Noodles, you're eating peanut butter straight out of the jar. Okay, you get to do whatever you want. And so what happens is in your first year of college, you generally gain 15 pounds because of all the crap that you eat while you're at school. Okay, and so I was, you know, I was a pretty small guy. So I ate pretty crappily for, I can say that word, right? I hope so. I ate pretty bad for four years at school. Okay, the cafeteria food, but all this free McDonald's and things like that. But my metabolism kept up, so I was okay. But finally, in my fourth year, okay, it hit me. It hit me, okay? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> four years of eating like garbage, and finally in the last year, my body gave up the fight. It was like, I'm throwing the towel. And so that year, I got the senior 15, is what I called it. Okay, and so I treated my body not the greatest. I fed it a lot of garbage, and it showed in the end. Okay, and so in our lives, we can often do stuff like that too. We treat our bodies not the greatest sometimes. Okay, we, there's, there, we eat a bunch of food, we sit on the couch, stuff like that. And so there's so many blogs, videos, magazines, uh, uh, people, personal trainers, teaching us how to get in shape, how to stay fit, how to be healthier, and those things are good. You know, our bodies are important. But I think we miss a more important part of us that is also being treated like garbage. Okay, one that not only affects our appearance, but affects our spiritual, emotional, mental life. It affects every aspect of us. And that is our soul. Can you guys say soul? soul. Nice, you're awake. Okay, Genesis 2, 7 says this. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Okay, our bodies are just a shell. Okay, our bodies are just a shell. God formed us from the dust. Okay, he formed our bodies, but we were not alive yet. Okay, he formed us, but then when he breathed the breath of life into us, we became a living being. Okay, and so our bodies are just a shell. It is not who we are. And so this first thing I want you to know is this, is we are not a body with a soul, but we are a soul with a body. Okay, when we die, our bodies will stay here. We will return to the dust of the earth, but our soul will live on. And so our souls are important. So how are we treating them these days? Are we caring for them? What are we feeding them? Okay, because I don't think in today's culture, uh, we're not feeding our souls very well with the things that we are consuming. There's a lot of toxic things that the culture is putting out that we are just kind of feeding on that we don't see. Okay, we talk about detoxing our bodies, okay, how to get healthier, how to be, uh, have a better life, how to get in shape, but we never talk about detoxing our souls to care and protect not just our body, but who we are in essence, to get rid of and stay away from the things that are damaging our souls and influencing us. And so the series that we are starting today and we'll be continuing for a few weeks is called Soul Detox. 
Okay, so in this series, we'll be covering a couple different topics about the soul, a couple different states that our soul can be in, and how we can bring our soul back to Jesus and find true rest in him. And so today, we're going to be talking about the restless soul. Okay, how many of you guys agree that in today's day, we are constantly moving, constantly on the go, 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 right? Today's world is super fast-paced, okay? Besides our, like, normal life of, of waking up, of driving to work, of getting our kids ready for school, to coming home, cleaning, cooking, driving kids to work, or extracurriculars, and then having to clean the house some more, and then get ready for tomorrow, pack lunches, okay? We're already so busy. Then we add in other things. You know, now we can online shop from our, from our couch, so we don't have to move, okay? We, there's paid overtime, so if we actually work more, we get paid more. Okay, there's so many things that is just con- continually just busying up our life, okay? This culture is go, 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 go. Everyone finds it difficult to rest, okay? And it's starting to take a toll on us. And I don't think we can do it much anymore. Okay, there's this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Homer. Okay, great book. Uh, if, you, if you struggle with hurrying and want to slow down your pace, read that book. Okay, but he is saying that we are in a constant state of just hurrying, and we can't stop ourselves, and it's starting to wreck us. Okay, we speed, we hurry, and nothing is, we're never slowing down. Okay, I like to think about when we're driving on the road, okay, and I'm driving behind someone on Channel Parkway, and they're going 70. I'm like, go faster! You're going so slow! Like, you got to be going like 90. That's the speed limit. But then we realize, oh, like the speed limit is 70. That means like max. You don't go any faster. But we all treat it as the speed do not go below of, you know? Because we want to hurry. We want to go. And so our souls are kind of in this turmoil, okay? We are not resting our souls. We're in constant movement, thinking, planning, doing risk assessment, planning what's next, what not to do, what to do, what to dress, okay? And it's making our souls stressed, anxious, Okay, always moving, always thinking. And so we're not resting. Okay, I think we can relate to Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes where he says this. What does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun? All his days, his work is pain and grief. Even at night, his mind does not rest. Some of you, if you're honest, you can very much relate to this. Okay, you, your, your mind can never be still. It never stops. It's always going. You can't rest. Like when you go to bed at night and you're trying to sleep, instead of just like thinking of like sweet dreams of lambs jumping, okay, your mind is going, okay, what has to get done tomorrow? Okay, oh, what about this thing? Oh man, my boss is being, is stressing me out here. Okay, I got to figure this out. I got to do this. And we, our mind can never rest because it's always worrying, always thinking, even when we try to go to bed. Okay, you're very wound up on the inside. Okay, very wound up. You can't rest. Your soul doesn't know what a true rest feels like. So I want you to think about that. Is that you? Okay, do you maybe sit in that camp? Is your soul restless? And so I want you to know that God doesn't want us to live this way. God wants us to find peace and true rest for our souls. And so the question we got to ask ourselves is this. Where do we find this rest? Where do we find it? Okay, I'm not this clever pastor that has like this secret formula and sauce that's going to give you some giant, uh, just new learning of like, oh, that's what I can do to earn rest. Okay, I don't have that. Okay, and I don't think there always needs to be this giant new thing that then we all clue into. 
Okay, sometimes simple answers are the best answers, and we just kind of think we need something more. We need the extra. Okay, so this is going to sound like a classic pastoral response, but I want you to know that it is 100% true. Okay, without a shadow of a doubt, this is true, and I, I often just kind of jump over it, and we can often kind of oversee it, but I want us to think about what it actually means, and so this is the only way that we can try, find true rest for our souls, and it's in this, okay? Our soul finds rest in God alone. In God alone. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Psalm 62.1. Okay, there's no, there's no one. There's no human. There's no other deity. There's no experience. There's no accomplishment. There's no possession that we can have that will bring us eternal rest unless it's the presence of God. It's only in the creator of the universe. So why is that? Because he's the one who formed us. He's the one who breathed life into us. He's the one that knew us before we were even a thought. He's the one that formed us in the womb. So it's only him that we can find this true rest. No special formula. No secret sauce. It's only by God that we can find true rest for a restless soul. Okay, it's a simple but profound answer. Okay, when I finally accepted my calling to become a youth pastor, when I was in Bible college, okay, I... Uh, I knew that God was going to be with me, right? I knew that God was going to equip me when I felt unequipped. But the thing is, I still felt so unequipped. I still felt so inadequate for this job. Okay, I would think, I'm like, man, can I even write a sermon a week? Can I even, like, present Jesus in a way that youth will want to, you know, listen to him or give him a chance? Okay, am I going to be able to plan games? Am I going to be able to lead a, a leadership team? Okay, I was, my soul was restless. I was stressing and so anxious. Okay, no amount of preparing or telling me that I could do it would help. Okay, none. Okay, but when I came to the Lord with my restless soul, when I presented it to him and he spoke to me, okay, just one word, one word from God, and I had this peace, this unexplainable peace that even though I wouldn't feel all the time, even though I would still stress, I knew that God would be with me, that God would be equipping me, and everything was going to be okay. St. Augustine said this to God. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Jesus also states in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 29, he says this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus offers rest for our souls. So how do we find it? First, I think it's by saying yes to Jesus. Okay, if you haven't said yes to him, because we can't accept a gift for someone that we have not said yes to, that we've not allowed in. So first, we have to say yes to Jesus. But after that, I think there's three ways that we can see in Scripture of how we can find this rest in him. Again, these are very simple, yet difficult things to do. Okay, they're very easy to, to implement our life, but very hard to actually do. Okay, it's easy, but it's going to be tough. So I'm not teaching you anything new, but I think these practices can help us slow down our lives so that we can find rest in him. And so the first way that we can find rest in him is to be still before God. Be still and know that I am God. In Psalm 46.10. Honestly, this is going to be the hardest one. 
Okay, we have a very big problem of trying to slow down in today and to be still. Okay, none of us can handle being bored anymore. Okay, we get into the car, first thing we do, get that radio on or plug in our phone to get the music so we can be listening to something while we drive. Okay, or when we're at home and we're cleaning the house or doing housework, we put a TV show on in the background, not because we're watching it, just because we want to be able to hear something happening in the background. Okay, some of the, the, those of us who have like phones and stuff, we, we sit in the, we go to like do groceries or buy groceries, we go to the store, okay, we put an AirPod in, some headphones in, just because we want to be listening to something all the time. Okay, or we sit, stand in line at the grocery store and instead of just waiting five seconds or ten seconds, we take out our phone and we're like, oh, yeah, got no notifications, cool, yeah, I'm just going to touch my phone. Okay, we can't be still anymore. We can't stop. Okay, or when we do stop, we start thinking about things like, oh, man, the dishes got to get done. Oh, I got to mow the lawn. Oh, I got to go buy this. I got to do this. And we start filling that, that stillness, that nothing that we could have with something. Okay, but God spoke to David and said this, hey, be still, stop, don't do anything for a moment, and while you're there, know that I am God. Okay, I'm, fine. I'm someone who finds it very difficult to stay still, okay, very difficult, and you probably already know that. Okay, but during the week, I work here mostly, like mornings and evenings, I got youth, so I'm working, preparing, hanging out with students, stuff like that. But then I'll go home for my, my weekend. Instead of taking a Sabbath and like hanging out and stuff like that, before I even go to bed, I'll start planning. I'm like, okay, for tomorrow, I got to wake up at this time so I can have breakfast and I can shower and, and then get ready. And then I'll go to the store and I'll go pick up that thing. And then I'll go drop off this thing for that person. So then I can come back. I can mow the lawn, do it with the weed whacking. And then after that, I'll go for coffee with Kirsten, a little, little downtime. And then I'll come back and we'll walk the dog. We'll cook dinner. We'll go to the gym and we'll get back in time for like a 30 minute, just like chillax before bed. Okay, I fill up all my time. Okay, being around someone like that is like being around a child that literally can't sit still. Okay, we can all think of that child right now. Think about it. Maybe you're thinking about your kid. Maybe you're like, my goodness, my kid just can't stop moving. You have to like hold them, you know, and stop. Okay, maybe it's a kid from your childhood. You remember, you're like, oh, that, that kid was crazy. Okay, or maybe it was you when you were a child. Okay, or maybe it's the person sitting next to you and they're like 50 now, but they still can't stay still, you know? <laughs> A lot of us can't, someone saying amen over there. <laughs> okay, a lot of us can't stay still. It's so hard. And so how can we practice this? Okay, Craig Groeschel, he's a pastor down in the States on Light Church. Okay, really great guy. He talks about a good practice and how we can start trying to be still before the Lord. Okay, and this is what he do. He challenges people to grab a timer. Okay, set a timer for five minutes. Okay, put it down. And for five minutes... Just to be still, to not think of anything, and just be still before the Lord. Don't let your mind wander. Don't think about what, gets to, what has to be done. Just being still and quiet, pondering in front of the Lord. Okay, it sounds really easy, but I can tell you right now, it's not. I've tried this a few times, and let me tell you, I, thought, I did better than I thought, but my mind just suddenly starts going somewhere else. If I'm not thinking of something, I start thinking about other things, things I gotta get done, of youth, things like that. Okay, it's really hard to not think about anything. And so I wanna challenge you. This week, go home, set a timer for five minutes, and just be still. Be still before the Lord. Don't think of anything, don't plan anything, don't be saying words, don't be praying in this moment. Just be still before the Lord. And let Him, let His presence just touch your heart.
Okay, some of you might get distracted. Or some of you might say, hey, like, you don't know my life. Like, I have no time to be still. Like, I got, I got kids that are screaming. I got to cook dinner. I got to clean. I got to then get ready, pack lunches again. You're like, I don't have time to be still before the Lord for five minutes. Okay, and I hear you. I understand. I, again, I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes. But this is a statement that Craig says. And this is a statement that I'm saying to myself and I want to say to you. And it's this. You don't have time not to be still before God. You don't have time not to be still before God because he is the source of life. Okay, he's our everything. He gives us every good gift. And if we don't have five minutes to be still before the Lord, something else is wrong. Something else in our life has to change if we can't give him five minutes. And understand, it's going to be hard. There might be, it might be a, not a great time to be still. It might be super hard to find the time, but you need to give God just five minutes just to be still before him. If we do that, we'll start to find this rest and this stillness in our souls. Okay, number two, we need to wait for God. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 37, 7. Okay, we are equally bad at, be, at waiting in our today's day. You know, patience is a virtue and it's a virtue that none of us really have. Okay, we don't like to wait because, in, especially this generation, we can have everything right at our fingertips, right at the phones. If we forget a recipe, instead of having to like call people up, try to find out, we just Google it. Okay, if we uh, forget someone's birthday, a family member's, we just call another family member immediately, figure it out right away. Okay, if we forget, we're like, oh, what's that actor's name again? Like, oh, that he was in that, we just Google it. Okay, we get everything just like this. We don't have to wait anymore. Okay, when we, are, when we need patience and we pray to God, we say, God, would you give me patience right now? Okay, we don't like to wait. We don't like to. Okay, but good things come to those who wait. When we wait patiently for God, good things will come. And so be still. May you open God's word and just wait. Okay, I discovered that God speaks on his own terms. Okay, unlike Pastor Jer, that who's heard God's voice audibly one time, I have never heard God's voice audibly. Okay, I've never heard his voice out loud, and, but I often hear God through his word. And so when I remember when I was younger, I would, I would sit down with my Bible. I would pray and be like, God, would you speak to me, Lord? Would you just reveal what you wanted me to know? And I'd finish praying. I would just like go to a random part in the Bible, flip it open, put my finger on a passage, and read that and be like, this is what God is speaking to me. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, don't do that. Because you get some weird things, and you're like, God, is that you? Okay, and so I just, I tried to get God to speak to me when I wanted. Okay, I wanted him to speak on my terms. Okay, but since then I've learned that God does not do that. Okay, God does not speak when I need him to. Okay, I've learned that God wants to speak when he wants to speak. And the more time that I give to him, the more time and, the, and the oft, more often that he will speak to me. So now I've learned that instead of opening my Bible and pointing to a random passage and being like, this is what God wants to speak, instead, I've just now opened my Bible and have just started reading. Reading passage, maybe a couple paragraphs, maybe a chapter, maybe two chapters, and I'll read. And some days, nothing will happen. I'll read the, I'll read the passage, I'll feel good, and I'll just ponder on what I read. Okay, in other days, though, I'll read and something will jump out at me. And grab me, and I'll stop right there. And I'll say, God, what are you wanting to speak to me? What are you revealing to me right now in this word? And I'll sit there and wait for him and, and let him speak. 
That is how I found that God speaks to me, through waiting in his word. And I believe that's how God wants to speak to a lot of us, is in his words. He wants us to be in his word daily. Not just reading for the sake of reading, but reading in order to hear from God. So as we're still and as we wait for the Lord and we desire to hear from him, he will speak. Okay, one of, another practice that I do in my life and I've done with our student leadership team at youth is there are certain questions that I like to ask myself and ask God and just wait for him to respond and allow him to speak. And so I've done this with our youth. And so what I do is I'll, like be, I'll be still for a moment and I'll just be like, God, hear these questions that I have and would you just speak to me as I wait here? And so these are the questions that I ask God that I think are really good and God will sometimes speak and reveal himself to you as you wait in these things. And so some questions you can ask yourself and ask God is this, what do you want to teach me, God? What is something that is keeping me from you? And where are you calling me to step out? It's questions that I just ask God. God, would you speak to me? Sometimes he doesn't answer. But sometimes he speaks in a still small voice when I wait for him. And so I challenge you, when you're taking your five minutes, you got your timer out, okay, whether you just want to be still for five minutes, awesome. But afterwards, I challenge you, be still and ask God these questions. Okay, read in his word and just allow him to speak. Okay, he's not going to speak every single time, but as we wait upon him, he will begin to speak more and more to us and we'll be more and more in tune to his voice. Okay, Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Okay, last but not least, the third one is reflect on God's goodness. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And so our soul can only find rest in God. And we can do that as we reflect upon who God is and how good he is. Okay, as we still ourselves, let's remind ourselves of who God is. Who is he actually? Who is this God that we serve? Because it's important to remember this, who he is because that is what can bring us rest. Okay, and so who is he? Okay, he is the author of life. Okay, he is the, the, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega Okay, he's the one who spoke the world and all of creation into existence by just his words. He breathed life into our bodies. He brought life to us and said, hey, that is my greatest creation. Okay, he was a lamb that was slain, but yet the lion of Judah that's going to conquer. Okay, he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who has defeated the very thing that, that separates us the most from God, which is death. Okay, he's the one who uh, all his enemies will be under his feet like a footstool one day. And one day he's going to usher in a new heaven and earth where all creation will go and be able to praise God face to face. Okay, that is who God is. And that is already so good as we reflect and know that. Okay, but God, God never changes. Okay, he's a just judge and he loves. Okay, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He loves all of us unconditionally. And he looks at us with all of our messes, all of our anxieties, all of our regrets, the things that we have done that has maybe been wrong to other people. He looks at, all, at us, okay, where other people would then judge us and hold those things against us. He sees us and instead of abandoning us, 
and leaving us to our own destruction. He came and he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, his beloved son, to take on our mistakes, to take on our messes, to take on the burdens that were so heavy that we could not carry. And he took it upon himself and died a gruesome death on the cross so that we could have full access to him, so that we could love him fully, so that we could find rest in him. He has wiped our, sl our slate clean. He's forgiven us of all of, our sin all of our sins and has thrown them into the sea of forgetfulness. He has called us anew and has redeemed us as his children. That is the God we serve. That is the God that redeems. That is the God that we place hope in. And that is the God that when we worry, we're worrying about tomorrow, we're stressed, we're anxious. And we think about that God. We think about how he was faithful yesterday. And we can be reminded that even though I worry about tomorrow, if he was faithful yesterday, he will also be faithful tomorrow. And I don't have to stress. I don't have to worry. My soul can be calm because I know that God is with me and God will care for me. And so when you meditate on who he is and what he has done, your soul can be at rest. Be at rest once more, O oh my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O oh Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. God does not want us to live a life that's riled up, that's anxious, that's, that's revved up. Okay, but through the power and the presence of God, we can live a productive, fruitful, and yes, even a busy life, but yet be at peace, have a calmness of our soul, be healed, be healthy in our soul, and be whole. That is where he wants us to live, at peace with him. That's what we should be striving for. And I think one of the tactics of the enemy is that if he can't turn us away from God, what he might want to do is he might want to just keep us busy. Keep us busy with life because if he can keep our focus off of God and keep us busy, then we aren't, won't be living our lives for him. We won't be thinking of how we can serve him. We won't be thinking of how we can best step out in faith. We'll be thinking about our own life and our stresses and, and not be thinking about him. And so I want you to think about your life right now. Where is your soul at? Is your soul in chaos? Is your soul just in ruins? Have you found that inner godly peace and rest that he offers? Okay, maybe are you drained all the time no matter how much you sleep or how much you rest? So church, are you needing a new refreshing of your soul? God is calling you right now, saying, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. Maybe you feel like you're doing good. Maybe you're like, you know what, Riley, like, I'm living my life. I'm not too stressed right now. I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. Like, I, my, maybe my life's not super, super calm, but I'm, I'm doing okay. And sure, that's great, but I want to challenge you. If your life's doing good right there, how much greater would your life be if you actually found a rest in God? How much greater would your life be if you didn't rely on your own works, but instead put them onto God and said, God, I need your rest Okay, what we find in God is better than anything 
that we could ever ask for ourselves. And so as we finish, and as the band comes up to respond, I want you to ask yourself, are you needing a fresh rest for your soul this 2024? Do you want to start this year with, with God at your center and being, having a firm foundation so that nothing is going to stress you out and, and get you riled up? Again, like Jared said, we are starting a week of prayer. Okay, it's out there in the lobby, and I see there's plenty of spots left. This would be an amazing way to start your year, to spend 30 minutes, an hour of uninterrupted time before God, giving him time where you are still before him, where your mind is only on him, where you're not distracted. How much would he speak if you finally gave him 30 minutes of your time? And so if you haven't signed up, it's 30 minutes, 30 minutes of your day. I challenge you to do it because it will change the way that you have been living. And I regret, I, I guarantee you right now, you will not regret the time you spent with God. Guarantee you. You're not going to go in and leave and be like, oh man, I could have had that 30 minutes to mow the lawn or something like that. So there's so many spots left. Do it. God's calling you. And so this is the promise of God. When we come to him for rest, he says this, the, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Okay, even in our lives, if we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear no evil because we know that God is with us and he will restore our souls. He'll bring us a calmness that no matter our circumstances, he will be there. So why don't we start this year with our souls refreshed? Our souls drawn near to him. And so first, if you're in this room and you haven't given Jesus your life and you are, you've been anxious, you've been stressed, you've been going, 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 and you just need to find a rest in him. Okay, that's you. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say yes to him and to accept this rest that Jesus gives. Okay, or the second thing, if you're in this room and you already know Jesus, but you can say, like, you know what? My soul has been restless. Either, you know, I've been just a little bit restless and I need a little bit more, or you're like, I can't take it anymore. Okay, I challenge you, let's respond to God today. When we're here and he's speaking to us, let's respond. And so today, this is how I want us to respond. The band's going to sing a song, okay? But you don't have to join them necessarily. I want us to respond to God in a way that he is wanting us to find rest in him. Okay, maybe for you, it's being still. You're like, I've been just like thinking of everything. I just need to be still for five minutes. Always sing a song and just ponder upon God and take the response time. Be still before him. Okay, maybe you're like, you know what? I need to, I, I, I want to hear from God. And so I'm just going to read his word or I'm going to ask him those questions and just wait for him while the song responds and just listen. Bring my heart in tune to what he's wanting to say. Okay, or maybe you're like, you know, I need to be reminded of how good God is. I, do, I need to be reminded of how faithful he has been and how faithful he will continue to be. And so maybe that means singing a song. Maybe that means praising, lifting up your hands and giving him his due glory. And so let's respond in one of those ways today because God's here. He wants to speak. So why not give him the opportunity to do something amazing in your life? And so if you're able, would you stand with me as we pray? 
And so as you bow your heads and close your eyes, I'm just gonna give an opportunity. If anyone's in here that does not know Jesus, has not accepted him for the first time and desires this rest, desires to call Jesus their Lord and Savior, I wanna pray for you. And see so if you should give me, give me a little wave, I'd love to pray for you. Give you an opportunity. All right, let's pray, church. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for how good of a God you are, Lord. We thank you that you are not tied to time, Lord, that you are not rushed to tell us about you, Lord, but you just desire to give us good gifts, God. Thank you that you came and that you made a way so we could have access to you, Jesus. And so I pray right now, Lord, would we desire that access, Lord? Would we desire that presence, God? And would we say the way that we have been living has not been as good as it could be, Lord? And would we say right now, I want this year, I want to give more time to God and less time for the other things in life. So Lord, would we learn how to wait upon you, Jesus? Wait for your presence. Wait for your voice, Lord. We would learn how to be still before you, God. To not think of anything but just to Dwell in your goodness, dwell in your power, dwell in your presence, Jesus. And we also know how good of a God you are, God. That who you are, your character is so good, Lord. And what you have done is so good that we do not have to worry about tomorrow, God, because you have been faithful and you are God who cares for our needs. And so you'll be faithful tomorrow, Lord. And so would we respond to you today, God, and just coming to you with our hands open, saying, Lord, speak, Lord, move. And would I change some of the ways that I've been living to more reflect my love for you, Jesus? Here we pray. Amen.